right. Thank you, Bibles. If you would, Brother Mark, Mark chapter number six. Mark chapter number six this morning. And uh, just could not get away from this. And uh, I know we talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, but just could not get away from it this week. I believe this will be what Lord had us to deal with this morning. And uh, you bear with us. We'll do our best not to be too long before you. Mark chapter number 6. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. Find your places. I'll ask you to stand with me if you can enable honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Mark chapter number 6. And begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon? And are, these, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, and in his own house. Verse 5, some of the saddest words in your Bible. The Bible said, And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Verse number 6, the Bible said, He marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should love you this morning. God, I'm thankful for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house. Lord, you know my heart this morning. God, you know my need. Lord, I pray just for a little while. Lord, I pray you hide me behind the cross. Give me unction. Give me utterance. Lord, I pray this morning you do that that only you can. Lord, I pray you touch my body. Lord, touch my mind. Lord, I pray you give me clarity of speech. God, I pray this morning for every need represented, each one that's made their way out. Lord, I pray we'd each be better for being in your house this morning. Then, Lord, I pray most of all in a crowd this size, they must be one lost undone without you. Lord, I pray you convict their heart. Lord, I pray this morning you'd show them the realness of dying without putting their faith, their trust in you. Lord, I pray that your lives would be changed. Lord, I pray that the saints would be served, that sinners would be saved. God, I pray this morning above all else, bring honor and glory unto yourself. We'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name and for sake. Amen and amen. Be seated. Thank you for standing now. Uh, interesting chapter in Mark chapter number 6. Interesting things uh, take place. I want you to notice, if you will, uh, uh, in verse number 1, I'm just going to do my best to give it to you. I've got quite a bit uh, preaching I'd like to do this morning, so uh, I'm not going to give you much of an introduction, but I want you to notice in verse number 1, the Bible said, uh, and he went out from thence. Now, uh, I've read that John several, several times, and uh, it was, I guess, several years ago now, but uh, one day I was reading through the book of Mark, and uh, when I got to verse 1 of chapter 6, that, that little phrase, and he went out from the outside, just seemed like, Michelle, that it stuck out in my mind one day, and uh, if we're not careful when we're reading our Bibles, we'll take things like that, and uh, we'll just read right over it quickly, and uh, just try to get into what's happening, but uh, can I say that what that meant was, Kirk, that evidently what happened preceding uh, uh, verse number one was so important uh, uh, that God wanted to remind us uh, that he had been somewhere uh, and he had done something uh, uh, before we pick up our reading. Isn't that right? Uh, the Bible said he went out from thence and came into his own country. Uh, so I want you to notice with me, first of all this morning, I want you to notice uh, uh, the past. If we're not careful, uh, we'll pick up our reading and forget uh, uh, that things had happened before, chapter 6, verse 1. And there was a past. There was uh, uh, some things that had taken place uh, uh, before Mark chapter 6. In fact, can I say the upside? Uh, uh, there were some miraculous things uh, and some amazing things uh, had some wonderful things uh, uh, that had taken place. You said, Preacher, what do you mean? Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Uh, uh, let's just read it. Can we? Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Here's what your Bible said. Had the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, uh, Let us pass over unto the other side. 
And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the sheep. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beating the ship so that it was now full. Now, let's stop and realize what's happened. The Bible said that Jesus said to them, let's go over to the other side. Now, I don't have time to preach all of these things I'm going to look at. But I just want to stop and say that should have been enough for them in itself. And get right, he said, let us uh, uh, go to the other side. Uh, had so many times where you and I not like the disciples. Uh, we're going to find out here in just a minute. They're in turmoil. They're in panic. Uh, uh, they're all been out of shape, but they already had a word. Uh, he'd already told them he's going to make it to the other side. Uh, it didn't much matter what happened, but they get out in the ship. Uh, and the Bible said a great wind has come, a great storm. Uh, and it's beat upon the ship. The Bible said uh, until the ship was now full. Uh, that should have been enough for them. Didn't say it's filling up. Said the ship was now full. But you know what I find interesting? They weren't going down. Yeah. Right. 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 I said it was full. They wasn't going. I, you look at me like you ain't getting that, so I'll tell you what to do. I'll give you a practical illustration. Go find your boat. Don't care what kind it is. Go out here on the watershed and you fill that thing up with water uh, and find out what happens. You're going to go to the bottom, friend. They just thought they was good. Uh, but the Bible said they were full. Uh, uh, yeah, they did not sink. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, amen. Because Jesus had said, uh, let us go to the other side. Watch this. The Bible said, in verse number, uh, verse number 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. They awake him and send him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Verse 41, They feared exceeding and said one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. You say, preacher, what happened? What did he, what happened after the outside? Where, where was he coming from in Mark 6? Well, in the latter part of Mark 4, look how I say the outside. He conquered the storm. Isn't that right? Him and friend. The Bible said the wind was boisterous and the sea was beating upon the ship to the place that it was now full. John Baptist, he was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. How the disciples came to him and said, Carest thou not? How that we perish? Doesn't that sound like you and I? And the Bible said that he got up. And Chrissy walked out on the ship and said, Peace be still. And the sea become calm and the wind become calm. You said, Preacher, what's so good about that? I'll tell you what he come from. From Mark 6 before that. How can I say that he has control over disaster? They're right. They don't help some of us. Mark 6, the Bible said, Mark 6, verse number 1. And when he went out from thence and came into his own country, where'd he be at now? He'd been showing that he had control over disaster. Can I say this? Say some things in our life. Uh, if we'd be honest, every one of us dread and every one of us uh, fear if we'd just be honest. Uh, I, I, my grandpa used to tell me that I'd say some of you probably had similar stories that when he was growing up, his mom and daddy, uh, Chris, when they, when they, it didn't matter what time of day it was, didn't matter how, what was going on, if a storm came up, uh, uh, he said his mom didn't even have to look at him and tell him. Uh, he had about seven brothers and sisters and said the first time it thundered real good, uh, said no Everybody had to tell us we went to bed. Went to bed. Didn't matter what was going on. He said, first time it starts tormenting, you went to bed. He said, if we didn't, we was going to have it for mama. Because he said, I have it. my great-grandma was terrified of storms. And he said, when it comes a storm, you went to bed. And he said, she'd tell him, she'd say, there ain't no use tempting the Lord. You go to bed and show respect. Now, we may not all do that now, but can I say this? They ain't one of us that it doesn't put just a little bit of fear in our heart. We know what storms can do. We know what these 
disasters can do. And the truth of the matter is we have no control over it. Just in it, we could go home this evening and what could start out maybe seem like a little small thunderstorm. It could bring devastation. It could bring pain. There's no telling what all it could bring. The disciples was in fear for their life. They said, carest thou not that we perish. And Lydia, they realized there was nothing they could do about it. They had no control over disaster. I'm not trying to be ugly this morning, but they thought of one of us we could ever one get a phone call had some disaster taking place that changed our lives forever. And the truth is we have no control over it. But kind of stop and say this, I sure am glad I know one that does. Amen. When they couldn't control it and they couldn't stop it. And they said, Karis, I not that we perish. How can I say, stepped out on the boat and said, peace be still. And the waves laid down. And the wind quit blowing. And he proved that he had control over disaster. Isn't that right? Yeah. Then the Bible said in chapter 5, they pass over. The sea's been calm. The storm's been calmed. They pass over and come to the coast of the Gadarenes. Now, that's when they went over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was coming out of the ship, immediately they met him a man out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Now, I don't have time to read all that, but we know the story this morning. This man, the maniac of Gadara, we've come to call him. The Bible said he had his dwelling in the tombs. Night and day, boy, he was crying out. And cutting himself with stones. The Bible said that uh, no man could bind him. Uh, I mean, they'd put him in chains and he'd pluck them asunder. Uh, I mean, the maniac of Gadara. You said, Preacher, what was his problem? Uh, uh, well, the Bible said uh, uh, that he was possessed uh, uh, with many demons. Didn't tell us how many, but the Bible said our name uh, is Legion. Isn't that right? Uh, more than one. Uh, and so Jesus has calmed the storm. Uh, he's proved that he had control control over uh, uh, disasters. But then in Mark 5 he comes to this maniac of Gadara. And here's a man possessed uh, uh, with demons. Uh, uh, no man could help him. No man could bind him. Uh, I'm not trying to be ugly this morning. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to terrify you. Uh, uh, but Hollywood's made a mockery uh, uh, of demon possession. Uh, it is a real thing by the way. Uh, Amen, friend. Uh, it's not something that you sit around and laugh about. Uh, I mean, it's a real thing. Uh, uh, there's still demonic presences uh, uh, in the world in which we live. Uh, it'd be amazed if we could just for a moment, uh, in fact, I wouldn't say amazed, I'd say we'd be scared out of our ever-loving mind uh, if just for a moment God could let us uh, uh, see the presence of spiritual things uh, and the spiritual world run about us. Uh, Amen, friend. That's just right. Uh, I, I, and that terrifies us. Uh, and rightly so, because we realize uh, uh, that we have no control over that. But can I stop one more time and say, I sure that I know one that does. Uh, oh, my soul. Uh, and the Bible said uh, uh, that he told those demons uh, uh, here in Mark 5, the Bible said they asked him, I like it. Uh, uh, they said, Jesus, thou son of David, uh, hast thou come to torment us before our time? Uh, uh, they realized that there was coming today. Uh, amen, friend, that he would be victorious. Uh, and John, what I like about it is they begged him. Uh, they besought him what your Bible said. Uh, to let him be cast into the swine. Uh, hey, can I say this? One word Jesus said, uh, go. They're right. And at one word he showed uh, that not only did he have control over disasters, uh, but I'm glad, thank God, he has control over Satan. Uh, he has control over demons uh, and demonic forces. Uh, that may not be helping you. I was talking to a young man the other day. Uh, I hadn't been preaching all that long. Uh, and he told me, he said, Preacher, you know what? I never realized. Uh, he said, All my life I've heard men preach. Uh, he said, But I never uh, had been preaching about a year now, I guess. He said, I never until this last year really realized that all the hell and demonic forces uh, uh, that fight a man fights while he's a preaching. Uh, uh, oh, I'm about to come unglued. Uh, I'm kind of stop and say this. Uh, he said, Preacher, I don't know how you do it. Uh, he said, Sometimes it seems like uh, uh, the soils of those Sunday I preached the message of the church. Uh, he said, I'd never fall hell like that. Uh, he said, I don't know how many preachers and pastors uh, uh, fight it three or four times a week. Uh, oh, can I stop 
I'll say this. Uh, I'm glad it's not anything of me, but I know one uh, that has control not only over disaster, uh, but he has control uh, over the demons this morning. Uh, he's in control of the spirit realm. What you say for that? Then you find Jesus heals there. He, 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 he uh, cast the demons out of this maniac of good there. And the Bible said that when out from this there came on uh, a ruler by the name of Jairus. And he tells him, John, of, a, of his daughter that's home as she's sick. And he asked him if he'd come with him uh, to do something about his daughter. And right that's where they're headed. But all of a sudden, the Bible said that they were, there was many, they come for a great crowd, many thronged him, many pressed upon him. And there's a little story tucked in Mark chapter 5 about a woman with an issue of blood had it for 12 years. Is that right? Yeah. Considered unclean, wasn't even supposed to be there. But she crawled through the press, is what the Bible said, and touched the hem of his garment. It's interesting, Jesus turned around. When she touched him of his garment, turned around and said, Who touched me? The Bible said the disciples looked at him and said, Almost being sarcastic and smart aleckic, looked at him and said, I'm a paraphrase, but said, Have you seen the crowd? It'd be easier to tell you who didn't touch you. They're right. The Bible said, But Jesus, knowing that the virtue go out of God help. I want to push a little while on that. I want to release your blood. I don't have time. I've said she tried many things and many physicians, but rather just through words. Can I tell you something this morning about this woman with your blood? Something else you and I fear. We fear disaster. We might as well just go ahead and admit it. We fear disaster. We fear things we have no control over. We fear. We have a natural fear of the things that we can't understand and can't see. The spirit realm and these demonic forces. We have a fear of that. Yeah. Right in the side. Like I say, you and I fear disease. It's amazing to me. The other day I told my wife, I told her, I said, I just, last little bit, I'm not asking for a pity party, I'm just trying to give you an illustration, but I told her, I said, last little bit, I just haven't felt good. Something's just not being right. I, I don't know, especially on Wednesday nights, I'll preach. And by the time I get done preaching, I just feel like John, I'm just absolutely give everything. I, I don't feel good this morning, just to be honest with you. I, I just, it feels like something's just not right. And she told me, Kirk, she said, you ought to go to the hospital, go to the doctor, and get a checkup. And I I tried that like a real big man and say, oh, no, it'd be all right. But you know why I really don't want to go? Uh, in the back of my mind, Brenda, there's a thought that I think I might, something really could be wrong. Uh, I mean, I really could go and there'd be some really bad news. Uh, and if we'd be honest, every one of us got that thought just a little bit. Uh, we're afraid of things that we can't control. Uh, and disease, we cannot control it. Uh, there could be something wrong within our bodies this morning uh, that we don't even know. Oh, and if we did, uh, uh, John, we do not have the ability or the, the, the awareness to fix it ourselves. Uh, and that brings fear in our heart and our mind. Uh, uh, amen for this just right. Uh, and this woman for 12 years uh, had done everything she could. Uh, uh, the Bible said she spent everything that she had. Uh, uh, tried many physicians, uh, uh, but rather just grew worse. Uh, I mean, she hadn't got any better. She's just getting worse by the day. Uh, I tried everything that she could. I but thank God I'm glad I'm the one that's able to conquer yeah, disease. Yeah. Are you getting an idea this morning? Uh, everything we're scared of, everything that brings fear to us, I'm glad uh, uh, that he's greater than that. Uh, uh, the Bible says she just touched the hem of his garment. Uh, he felt the virtue leave him. Uh, and immediately in that moment, uh, uh, she was made whole. He has ability. He's able to conquer disease. He's able this morning to conquer not only disease, he's able to conquer disaster. He's able this morning to conquer demons. But then, remember I told you he left the maniac of Gadara. Jerry has come and told him about his daughter. By the time that he's dealt with this woman with the issue of blood, the servant, one of Jerry's servants come to him. And he tells Jerry, I'm paraphrasing, you can read the chapter, but he comes to him, and he stares him, he says, ain't no use coming now. The damsel is dead. Yeah. Can I say this morning, all the big green, I was listening to him last night, I ain't listened to him in 
several years. Not that I don't like him. I just been listening to other things, I guess. But I was listening to him last night, and he had a, if you've never heard of Oliver B. Green preach, he had a way with words. He could say things that uh, I've had people tell me I can be blunt. I told Kendra last night, I said, if I preach like him, they'd run me out. <laughs> but he said last night that he's talking to a man. He said that man told him that he was ready to go. Just kept talking about how he wasn't afraid to die. He wasn't afraid to die. He wasn't afraid to die. And I know I've said that. You probably said that. I run it with me. But here's what Oliver B. Green said. He said, if I looked at that man, he said, next time, next time your chest hurts, don't go to the doctor. Don't take a nitro this from him. Just go lay down in bed and get ready to die. All right? Next time your head hurts, don't go to the doctor. Just lay down in bed and wait to die. He said, the truth of the matter is, we're not as ready to die as we thought we are. Right? There is a natural fear. Everyone. I, now, listen to me. I'm going to be as awesome as I'm going to be. I know this one. I know that I know that I know that I'm ready to die. But I don't much want to. Right. Right. Yeah. Just being honest this morning. Now that, that bothers you, I can't help it. I'm just being honest. I'm ready to die. And I know that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. That's great to have that spiritual knowledge. But in my flesh, God, I kind of like to keep living. Right. Right. And it, it brings us it's not so much this morning that I'm afraid. I'm that you're saved by the grace of God. You can know what happens after you die. Yeah. That's not what worries me. What worries me is what's going to take place right before. Yeah. Right? Just be honest this morning. I'm just, I'm just, just trying to help us. That's what worries me. I've seen her. My, my, both my grandpas passed away now. One on daddy's side was put out a roll of hay one morning. And every year we had one field, we'd lose a roll of hay and roll down the woods. And for some reason that morning, he decided after he put out that roll of hay, he's going to go down there and get that hay out of the woods. We'd have to go do it every year. And when he went down there, he got the hay out of the woods, best I can figure. There wasn't nobody with him, but best I can figure, he got the hay out of the woods. And he pulled back up in the field, and he set that roll of hay down, and there was a dead limb he thought that fell over. And for some reason that morning, he decided, John, he's going to get that limb out of the way. He's going to take, a, take, the, take the hay spear on, on the tractor, just pick that limb up out of the way and get out of the woods, just dead laying there. What he didn't know was it was caught in the forks of this tree, but it was also caught in the forks of this tree over here and twisted a little bit. So when he pushed on it, he just kept building up pressure, building up pressure, and it wasn't as dead as he thought it was. And finally got up enough pressure, it rolled over the spear, come back and hit it right in the head, killed him And my grandma was one family, she called us, we went down there. Oh, I'm not trying to be graphic. But can I say this? And I, I'm not I'm just trying to mind the Lord. At the time, everybody talked to Earl about how awful that'd be. I'll be honest with you. To me, I believe that's probably one of the best ways to go I've ever seen. He was doing what he loved to do. There right. They told, Johnny Shelton told me, he said he probably never even knew that tree come off a fork. So he was, before his mind even had time to recognize it, he was dead and they felt him pain. Sounds like a pretty good way to go, man. Yeah, yeah. My other grandpa, day before he went to the hospital, come out there and help me. Cut, cut, Kenny's crew had come by and cut some pine trees on my property. And I was out there sawing up the logs, just big enough I could manage it. My other grandpa come out there and hit, he cranked the chainsaw, hit me, saw up some of them logs. They cut some cut some wood down from trees down on his land. He asked me if I'd help him saw them up. We hauled them off down the woods to take them up. Uh, had the next, that, that was on Saturday, Sunday. I come preached. Uh, Sunday night I was about to go to bed. And he called me and said, I just don't feel right. Would you take me to the hospital? And never come back. We well, did come back home for a little while. He'd come home, go back, come home, go back. He finally stayed for about a week at home. Uh, and he got to the place he couldn't stand up by himself. Uh, he couldn't hardly breathe. He'd lay there and he'd say, I, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Uh, he, I mean, he just completely charged just in a matter of months. I uh, just wasted away. I'll be honest with you, that don't sound appealing to me not one bit. Just be honest. I, I, I know this morning, I'll be honest with you, I know this morning that if I die right now, I know that heaven would be my home. I'm not worried about my eternal state. But there's a physical part of me worries about death. Can I say this? I'm glad there's one this morning in control. Yes. They're right. They told parents it ain't no use coming. It's the damsel is dead. It don't get no more hopeless than being dead. That's right. 
that right? that right? Yeah. The Bible said Jesus went with him when he got there. He sent him all the way, except for Jairus and child's mother. Went in, the Bible said that he, he grabbed her by the hand and said, Damsel, arise. Come back to life. He has power this morning over disaster. He has power this morning over disease. He has power this morning over demons. And he has power this morning over death. It's amazing to me. Just in little words, he went out from, and after this, he went out from thence in his own country. We fail sometimes to realize exactly what all he'd done. Yeah. He conquered disaster. He conquered demons. Yeah. He conquered disease. And he conquered death. Right, yeah. And then he came into his own country. Can I show you something else real quick about that? I think I have the notes on my as well. Let me tell you what else he shows us in Mark chapter 5. Not only does he deal with all those things you and I are afraid of, but he deals with every aspect of life in Mark chapter 5. Yeah. He deals with a man. He deals with a woman. Is with a child. All right? Yep. He deals with the wealthy. He deals with the poor. He deals with, he even deals with the homeless. Yep. Man, he there, had his dwelling in the tombs. Right. All right? Doug there deals with every aspect of life. I like that song. I don't know who wrote it, but whoever did had it right. That song, they, it's fairly new, I believe. They, that song, There Is a Remedy. Yep. I like that last little phrase and that chorus. There is a remedy, and his name is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Isn't that right? No wonder he can't. He's, he's the answer to everything that plagues us. No matter this morning who you are, where you are, what you've done, he is the answer this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Those, each one of those things, the disaster, the demons, the disease, the death, every one of them becomes a picture and type of a lost man that's been saved. you know that? Yeah. That storm, that's the turmoil of sin. But I'm glad in one word he can calm your soul. That right? That maniac of there possessed by demons. He was, that's, that's the hold that sin and the hold that Satan has on a sinner. And I'm glad in just a word, Jesus, I can calm that. And we, the Bible said they've had him clothed up and sitting in his right mind is what the Bible says. Yeah, right. And one with the issue of blood, that's the sin sickness. Goes far beyond what man can say. She may not look that bad on the outside, but inside she had an issue. You may be here this morning and say, Preacher, hey, you can't tell I'm a sinner. You can't tell what all I've done. I don't care this morning what you've done and where you've been. The Bible said that we're all sinners. All have sinned. Hey, come short of the glory of God. We all have a disease this morning uh, uh, that we cannot control. And it's not cancer. It's not COVID. Uh, uh, but it is a disease of sin. Uh, uh, that the Bible said the wages of sin is death. But I'm glad there's a solution this morning. Right. He said, Preacher, what about, what about death? Can I say this? You've never this morning, the Bible said, and you have the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Friend, you've never been alive until you've been quickened. All right? Yeah. You're living in sin this morning, never been saved by the grace of God. You, you may have a physical life. But you've never, you've never had a spiritual life. Jesus said the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what it means to be quickened. Those you have be quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. It's a picture this morning of salvation. Then I will say this. So that's the past. What about the present? What's Mark, Mark 6, verse 1? The Bible said he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples follow him. Now, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Mark 6, verse 1, Bible said he went out from thence, came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Now, if he did all that in Mark 4 and 5, if he did all that in the country of the Gadarenes, and all that for Jairus, and all that for the woman with the issue of blood, surely, John, now that he's coming into his own country with his own people and his own family, they're going to tell him what I'll do. 
If he, if he can conquer disease and he can conquer disaster and he can conquer demons and he can conquer death, if he can do all that for everybody else, surely now that he's coming to his own country with his own people, I mean, he's coming back home is what he's doing. Yeah. He's around his crowd and his people and his family. It's where John, that he grew up, it's where all his friends and his family are. Surely he'll do greater things for them than he did anybody else. Isn't that right? What you think? After he came to his whole country and his disciples followed him. Watch what your Bible said. Verse number two. Watch the Bible. Verse number two. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were started, saying, From whence hath this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given him that even such mighty works were wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. They said, Preacher, what are you saying? What a sad truth this morning that those that knew him the best, God, ones that knew him the best, been around him the longest. They received the least amount of hell. Bible said, what's what your Bible said, verse 3, that part of verse 3. And they were offended at him. How sad. John, he's went to the country of the Gadarenes. He's a man that no man could bind, no man could tame, no man could help. Had absolutely out of his mind. And he, when he left, that man was found sitting clothed. In his right mind. I mean, what help that he got? Just passing by a woman had 12 years of issue of blood. Couldn't do it. No doctor could help. Only grew worse. Just touching the hem of her, his garment, she, made, she was made whole. Yeah. Then disciples out in the storm felt like they were going to die. Felt like all hope was gone. But just that the words from his mouth calmed their storm. I mean, he's helped and he's done great, miraculous things. He come to his own country. Bible said they were offended at him. All they wanted to say was this. Is that not the carpenter? Is that not? Do we, do we not know who this is? Who does he think he is? Uh, how to come in and say such things like this? Uh, God hit me. I wasn't real sure how it was going to go, but I believe it did. Uh, who does he think he is? Uh, how to tell us how we are to live? Uh, who does he think he is? Uh, I've heard about him all my life. Uh, I've heard about what he does. Uh, who does he think he is uh, to tell me uh, what I ought to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I preach every Sunday to people that feel the exact same way. See it in their eyes. Yeah. I see it in their eyes, Kenny. When they read the Bible, you reach the word of God to them. You can see it in their eyes. I've heard about him all my life. Just who does he think he is to tell me what's wrong with him? Yeah. All right. But can I give you just a little something this morning? If you just get past that fact, you could be like the maniac of Gadara. You could be like the woman with the issue of the blood. You could find out just exactly who he is. Uh, I guarantee yeah. you this morning, uh, if, the, if the maniac of Gadara, if Jesus had looked at him and said, stand on your head, and he'd have peanut up butter jelly sandwich, uh, he'd have died trying to do it because uh, he knew who he was. Uh, uh, the problem is this morning, you don't know him as good as you think you do. Uh, Amen, friend, that's right. Amen, it's more than just words on a page. It's more than just a man that died. He is the very answer to every problem that mankind has this morning. He is the solution. He is the Son of God. He is the darling Savior. He is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star. He is our all in all. He's everything this morning. Oh, yes, friend, that's who he is. Uh, you say, preacher, what did they do? The Bible said uh, that they were offended at him. Watch this. Verse 4, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. How sad this morning. How sad that they felt they knew him so good that they missed out on truly knowing him. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? They felt that they knew him so good that they failed on truly knowing him. Can I show you something this morning? 
Jesus, you believe whatever you want to. Now, I'm not saying he was not the son of God. He was the son of God the entire time. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying, John, he couldn't have. But what I am telling you this morning is he did not choose to reveal who he was until, until that wedding came. Mary told him they had need of wine. If you remember, he said, woman, what have I to do with thee? Yeah. My hour's not yet come. Isn't that right? That's when John, he chose to, re I don't believe, believe whatever you want to. I know when he's 12 years old, the Bible said they found him in the synagogue. They're talking with the, well, well, I understand that. But I don't believe that when he was growing up, Jessica, I don't believe that he was just constantly going around. Every time Mary set a cup of water on the table, turned it to wine. I don't believe Chris that he went around. Every time somebody died, bring him back to life. I don't believe that. I don't believe he did all these great things. I, I, yeah. I don't believe that. He waited uh, until the fullness of time, the Bible said. Uh, and when that time came, he began to reveal who he was. Isn't that right? Yeah. They thought that they knew him. The truth is, they really didn't know him. Is that right? Yeah. Can I say this this morning? You may have heard about him all, all your life. You may know this morning that he was a man that was born in Bethlehem. You may know this morning he was a great prophet. You may know this morning when about when he lived. You may know this morning about some of the things that he died. You may know that he died on a cross. You may know that he was laid in a barred tomb. You may even have a head knowledge this morning that he got up. You may even have a head knowledge this morning that he is the Son of God. But can I say and tell you, you truly know him. You don't know him this morning. You don't understand how perfect that he is. How great and gracious and loving and merciful towards sinners that he truly is. Uh, you cannot understand. And that's the case of these people in Mark chapter 6 when he came to his own country. They were so focused on what they thought they knew. Uh, they didn't take time to really know him. Yeah. And Jesus said that a prophet is not that honor, but in his own house, in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. I give you a very carnal illustration of what Jesus is saying. If I, I guarantee you Lydia and Earl could probably attest to this. Daddy has started teaching Sunday school son over at the church. And the other son, the other night was talking about it and he's talking about different things. And John, I was trying my best. I mean, I wasn't trying to be it. I was trying my best to help him when he's teaching Sunday. I was trying my best to him, give him some advice and some different things. You know what I figured out, Earl? I could call Kenny or I could call Kirk or I could call, I could call any teacher in this church. And I can say, Kenny, I've noticed when you're teaching that you do such and such. Maybe you ought to try. Try it like this. Sit that head. Try to do this. You know what happens? He does. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. He'd at least take it and try it. But you know what I found talking to Dave? He just kept shoving me out. Shoving me out. Shoving me out. Sammy Lawson could call him and tell him the exact same thing, and he's breaking back to do it. Feel the difference? Because the prophet's not that honor to in his own country, yeah. in his own house, among his own kin. It's hard for him to look at me. It's hard for him or her to look at me. I don't know how to word it like I want to, but almost as an authoritative figure on that subject. Because to him, I'm always going to be his little boy. Isn't that right? Yeah. Is that right? Y'all don't have that problem because, uh, because I, I'm, not, I'm not your family. I'm not your kid. Uh, that's why I, I honestly, I do, I mean this. Uh, I have the utmost respect for people that pastor their own family. It must be difficult. I mean, I, I mean that seriously. It must be difficult to pastor your own family now, for more than one reason because they're never going to look at you just like everybody else will. Right. And you're never going to look at them quite like you would everybody else. Yeah. Well, I'll just get into it since I'm here. Uh, they don't have nothing to do with the message, but I might as well you look at it like you know what I'm saying. If, if John, if you did something that I really wasn't all that happy with, you know what I'd do? I'd be honest. I'd go home and I'd pray about it. And I'd ask Lord Timmy how to deal with it. And I'd, I'd really, really try to do that. If my mom and dad went to this church and they did something I didn't much like, what I'd do? I, when I got home today, I'd walk over to their house and say, What was you thinking when you said that? <laughs> Isn't that right? Is that not right? Because it's different when you're family. It's different when you're related. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus said that everywhere else he could have honor. Everywhere else they gave him glory. Everywhere else they trusted him. But when it came to his own country and his own people and his own kin, he said, I'm without honor among them. Isn't that right? Can I say this real quick? I'm afraid if we aren't real careful this morning, we find ourselves there spiritually so familiar with him 
that we fail to remember who he is and what he can do. Yeah. And I'm talking there to those saved by the grace of God. If you're not real careful, you'll get so familiar with him that you'll fail to realize who he is and what he can do. Can I give you an example? If you, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to preach for me, but you'll, you'll have to admit I'm telling you the truth. If you're not careful, you get a routine. You get a routine coming in every Sunday. And I, I, I don't think it's wrong, mate. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not. But I, it's, it's human nature. But I can see it every once in a while. I see it, Corey, when I listen to prayer requests and I listen to testimonies. I can tell when it starts just getting to be a habit. Yeah. It's just habit. That's all it is. I, I, I mean, there comes times, I'm just being honest, there comes times that I can just about time tell you who's going to say what and when they're going to say it. Yeah. Right, right. I'm not trying to be mad. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I can just about know. John just said, remember, remember my family. I, I know. I'm just giving an example. John just said, remember my family. And I can just about know. Well, Kirk, get ready to say, remember the girl. Go ahead. Is that right? And then I can just about know we're going to pray. We'll get done praying. Chris is going to say, well, it's good to be here tonight. You know I'm telling you. Yeah. If you're not careful, you get such a habit. You get so familiar with it. Oh, but you know what I like? I like it every once in a while somebody just gets a glimpse of it. Yeah. And when that happens, you know what happened? Come in one night just out of the blue. Whether they say something every service and never say anything at all, all of a sudden somebody with tears running down their face say something of this effect. My youngest get very tired and go to hell. I need God to do something. And y'all help me pray that God, I can't do anything about it. I, I've wasted all these years. I, but I need God to do something. Y'all help me pray. Yeah. And then you know what happens? Somebody else pop up and say, My marriage is about to fall apart. Oh, you said, Preacher, I've never seen anything like that. I have. Uh, I've seen it where it got so real that people started standing up saying, My marriage is about to absolutely fall apart. Y'all help me pray. If God doesn't do something, uh, it's going to go under. Uh, and that's when things pick up. Uh, when you realize He's the only one that can really do it this morning. That's when things pick up. We're not careful. We become so familiar with Him. We fail to remember He is there all in all. We see the past, we see the present. Then I want you to notice the prohibiting. Watch verse 5. Bible said verse 5, And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Because this morning of their familiarness, because of their lack of belief and faith, the Bible said he could there do no mighty work. Not this morning that he would there do no mighty work. The Bible said he could there. How sad. I mean, that's one of the saddest verses in all your Bible. Didn't say he would there do nobody work. Is that right? Didn't say he would not. Said he could not. Yeah. Is that right? Don't move don't, don't this morning. Didn't say he would not. Said he could not. Can I tell you this? There was people in his own country, John, that needed help. Yeah. There's people, there's people that was attacked by disaster that needed somebody to call them a storm. There was people that was plagued with demons that needed somebody to touch them and help them. There was people there that not only was sick physically, but sick spiritually that needed the great physician. There was people that were dead and trespassing sins that needed a Savior to redeem them. There was people that needed all those things. But the Bible said he could there do no mighty work. Who was interested in me? The Bible said say that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. What that tells me, in his mind, that's not a mighty word. Now, I know I said this on Sunday, but I won't say it again, because I'm in the hospital, it's helping me. We're not real careful. We'll find ourselves in a place where all we're worried. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm not saying that at all. Thank God he is the great physician. He is the answer to those that are sick. I know that. But the Bible said he could there do no great mighty work. Say, he laid his hand on you sick folk and healed them. Evidently, Eli, that's not a great work for him. Yeah. Evidently, healing the sick is not a great work. Is that right? Am I taking it out of context? Evidently, that's not a great thing to him. What he wanted to be done, he, he 
He wanted to be taking those that have been possessed with demons and no man could heal, no man could bind. He wanted to be helping them. He wanted to be calming some storms to some people that felt like he's about to die. He wanted to be speaking peace to some storms of people that felt like he's about to perish. He wanted to be doing some things with people that had issues that nobody else could do. He wanted to be touching some people and helping them that were dead and trespassing sins. He wanted to be doing great works. But because of their unbelief, God said all he could do was lay hands on a few sick people. I'm not being funny. I'll pick on Angela all morning. I'll pick on her one more time. She's somewhere at this morning. And it's not, I don't don't get me wrong. It's not this morning. It would not be foolish. I'm sure I've picked on her all morning. I'm sure that it hurts and all good all good sign. And it would not be foolish to say, Lord, would you help us somewhere and heal quickly so that more that's not foolish at all. But that's not a great amount of work. And that's not this morning why we're here. Yeah. It's going to get off quiet. I know what it is, but it's not why we're here. Can I tell you something? I know Leon had dealt with cancer several years ago. And I know that right now, and I, I, I'm thankful, and I'm not saying she's not, I'm sure you prayed and the church prayed, and you should have. Don't get me wrong that you shouldn't have. But I'm glad that God's able to touch cancer. Right. But let me tell you what he's more interested in than that. He's more interested in saving the sinner. That's the reason this morning we're here. Yeah. That's the reason that he came. The Bible said we read it this morning. I believe Noah read it in Sunday school, Matthew 18 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. That's why he came this morning. Now, didn't say he came to heal those with cancer, though he does, and I'm thankful for it. That's not why he came. Uh, he didn't say that he came to heal colds and sinus infections, uh, though he does, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, he didn't say this morning he came to, to heal COVID, uh, though he can, and I sure am thankful for it. Uh, but he came to save sinners this morning. Uh, isn't that right? And I sure don't want it ever to be said. I'll be honest, I'm not saying it's here, but I, I've been to church before my wife will attest to it. I've been to churches where that's all it is. Uh, that's all that it is. I'm not trying to be ugly. God knows my heart I'm not. But all that it is, John, uh, it is, is an urgent care. Uh, had a quick fix center. Uh, that's all you hear. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest. It's all you hear. Remember, so and so, they've got a cold. Well, I'm not saying that's wrong, but God help, where's the burden for the lost? Uh, where's the one that says, God, uh, if we don't have revival, this generation's going to go to hell? Uh, if I don't know if these young people have, God, if you don't move in, and if you don't do a great and mighty work in our lives, uh, uh, this next generation's not going to stay true. Uh, uh, this next generation's going to fall by the wayside. Uh, uh, they need to know something's real. Uh, where's the serious? burden and desire for God to work and save sinners this morning. Where's it at? The Bible said because their unbelief he could there do no great mighty work. Save they laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. I ask you this question this morning. wonder if we'd be honest if that's all we're really interested in. wonder if it'd be enough we'd just come in and we'd say remember so and so they've got cancer. Every once in a while, I'm not, I'm not, don't, God hit me. God knows my heart, God. I'm not trying to be ugly. But I wonder if it's really enough for us this morning. Just be able to say, so-and-so's got cancer. Occasionally, we'll come back and say, the Lord touched me. They're better. That's wonderful. Thank God for it. God, help. I want him to be able to do a great and mighty work. Yeah. I want him to be able. I want to be able this morning at Blue Ridge Baptist Church. I never let him want to be said he could there do no great and mighty work. Uh, I want him to just be able to have free course and free reign. And whatever he wants to do, let him do it. Uh, I don't want him to be hindered. Uh, I don't want to restrict him. Uh, I'm not interested in holding him back. Uh, oh, yes, friend. Uh, the Bible said he could there do no great and mighty work. Say, so lay hands on you, sick folks, and heal them. I wonder this morning. If we're happy with that. I'm talking to those of us saved by the grace of God. What if we're happy with that this morning? That's enough. Just what if we're happy? Let's put it like this. What if we're happy just being able to say once a month, once every two weeks, once every two months, whatever the case is. Boy, the Lord breathed through. We didn't go to Sunday school this morning. Right. Is that right? Oh, listen. Going to Sunday school, that don't make a rip. Not married, but I'm not, I'm not damn good. I'm okay with not going to Sunday school. That's not the sign of a good service. Right. You can waste time this morning not go to Sunday school. Right. 
Oh, but when's the last time you see God moving? Lives were changed. Sinners were saved. Saints were stirred. Marriages were put back together. Are you with me this morning? That's what God's interested in. I wonder how much we've restricted him. That's what I want to preach on this morning. I, I'm not about getting this. That's not my introduction. I'm just, it's a good place to give you my title. I'll preach this morning on this song, The Restricted of the Redeemer. The Bible said he could bear. You know, great work. So he laid hands on a few sick folk and he don't know. What's what your Bible said? The prohibiting. Can I say this just real quick? I wonder this morning who may be here and you're lost. Never been so can I say this morning? The Lord desires to save you. Just like He desired to do a great work in His own country, in His own house, He desired to do great things. The Bible said He could bear the real great work. Can I say this morning? I don't mean this now. Listen to me carefully. I don't mean this morning if you're here lost, He can't save you because you're too bad. But I'm telling you, He's a gentleman this morning. And He won't save you unless you accept Him. Yeah, yeah. This morning, you could be the very thing restricting him from doing the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. And it could be you this morning holding him back. Is that right? Child of God, he may want to do great, great things in your life right now. You could be the one, because of your unbelief, you could be the one restricting him from doing great things. Are we happy just him putting hands on a few sick folk and healing them? God, help, I want him to do life-changing things yeah. in my life. I want him to do things in my life, in my home, and in this church. I want him to do that not only for me, but I want my boys to know something about the power of God. I want to know something about how when things come up, I won't be able to look back and say, I remember when Mom and Daddy went through that, and God prevailed, and God came through, and God did a great work. They need that. That next generation needs to have those experiences. Uh, God, help us not to restrict him. If you're here this morning lost, uh, don't restrict him. Don't hold him back. Uh, give him free reign. Give him free course. Uh, uh, you could be prohibiting and hindering uh, the greatest thing that could ever happen to you this morning. We said the prohibiting. Then I want to say this. I'm done. Notice the proclamation, verse 6. Bible in verse 6. And he, talking about Christ, marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. What's the Bible saying? The Bible said, and he marveled. That word marveled literally means to wonder. What it means. Literally means that he wondered. The Lord desired to do great things for them just as he had in previous chapters. But instead, the Bible said he marveled at their unbelief. In other words, he wondered why they would not believe and allow him to do great things. I want to ask you this this morning. The Lord sat down right in our midst. I'm talking to those of us saved by the grace of God. If he sat down in our midst this morning, if he could physically sit down amongst us, I wonder if he'd wonder. I wonder if he'd marvel. And sit around and wonder why it is because of our unbelief. Why it is we prohibited him from doing what he really wanted to do because we wouldn't just put our faith in him. Wonder, honestly. I wonder in my life, I'm, I'm being honest, I had to take it first, and I, I'm, I'm just trying to mind alone, but I wonder as in my own heart, my own mind, how many times the Lord himself has wondered and marveled and thought, doesn't he realize what I'd have done if he just had it so many times, John, we try to fix it ourselves. So many times, I'm not just talking about finances and health. I'm talking about the church. If we're not careful, we'll get to think, well, we'll just do this. I know a lot of churches this morning that things begin to die down. Things begin to slow down. Things begin to begin to be hindrances. And instead of truly just relying on God and believing God, you know what they've done? They've tried their best to manufacture something. Yeah. Right. I'm not happy with that this morning. I need him. I need him this morning. I need him to do great and mighty and marvelous things in my life. And I certainly don't want him to wonder and be marveled and amazed and wonder why it is I won't believe and why it is I don't have enough faith. Why it is I won't put my faith in him and trust him that he's able. He's conquered the storm. He's conquered the disease. He's conquered sickness. He's conquered all these things this morning. Why in the world would we not just believe him? And that's what he's saying to them. He marveled. He wondered, why won't they believe me? 
so I can do for them what I really want to do. God, Sarah, friend, I'll ask you this question. Do you realize right now, God, I wish, I wish this morning, I pick on Noah because it ain't been that long ago he got saved. Several months ago, Noah dating Adam and he's coming to church. And I, man, I can see it before he ever raised his hand. And I, I don't mean that ugly. I'm just trying to be honest this morning. I can see, I mean, I can see Jessica Edwards' service. Here. I can see conviction. Just eat up with conviction. I can see. John, I, I, I've often thought I wish I could just go back there, grab him by the hair of the head, and just say, do you not realize how good the Lord wants to be with you? Do you not realize all that this entails? I wish, Lydia, I could just shake it into them sometimes. Let them understand how good it is to be saved. I wish there was just some way I could convey it. But I wanted this morning, if you're here today, lost. All that the Lord has planned, all that the Lord wants to do, I'd hate to leave this morning and him wonder, be marveled, thinking, why in the world won't they just put their faith in me and let me do great and mighty things? I'm not trying to be ugly this morning. I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you've been. Don't care to. But can I say this? I do know what the Lord can do. Yeah. Is that right? It doesn't matter how bad it is this morning. He's the answer. I'll be honest. You can go. I, I, I'm just trying to find the Lord. You can go to every self-help and every psychiatrist and psychologist. and You can go to AA groups and you can go to all these things. and You, you can go do all that. You can just turn over a new lease all you want to. Friend, it's not the answer to the problem. The only answer is Christ. And I believe all my heart there's some here this morning. And he's marveling. He's wondering, why won't they just put their faith in me and let me do great and mighty things in their life? They could be somebody this very morning, sitting here right now, lost as a wall in high weeds, and the Lord could do things in your life you never even imagined. I'll be honest with you, I got a call the other day, and I ain't said a whole lot about it. I got a call the other day from a fella, one of our missionaries, and uh, one of our missionaries in the Philippines. John, they asked me, said, would you be willing sometime next year? COVID's kind of winding head over there. They said, we'd like for you to come. Some of our people been listening to our live streams and uh, listening on some of the different things. And uh, they've got several churches that got started over there. And he said, he told me, he said, we'd like for you to come and take about two weeks. And he said, we'll preach you four or five times a day. I'd like for you to preach in all the churches and come preach to the pastors. And uh, we, we got some young pastors just keep putting me in and come be a help to them. And I, I got off phone show and I thought, why in the world would he call me? Uh, why would all the people he could have called? Why would he ask me to come do that? Uh, I never dreamed God do something. I never even dreamed I'd get invited to the Philippines. I didn't even know I'd ever, ever spare the Philippines, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's amazing what God can do. Uh, I never thought God let me do some of the things I did. I'm not saying that to brag on me. I'm saying because uh, if you just put your faith in him, you'd be amazed what God could do with somebody. Yeah, there might be some of you right now sitting in and you say, Preacher, I couldn't, I, I, I'm a lady. I couldn't ever preach. Let me tell you what God could do. Well, I'll just say this because I feel like saying it. Then I'm going to say something else. What God could do, God could have something special for you. Can I tell you one thing? I think a lot of times, a lot of preaching I notice, I'm not talking about the young who's misbehaving, but I'm talking about this. I'm talking about a lot of times, I think, I know Tamika's not here this morning, but a lot of times, Corey, it, it's you and Tamika dealing with them two boys. I think about Kirk and Wendy. It's you and Wendy dealing with them granny hours. They're right. They're right. But you know what? Everywhere we go, Michelle, she deals with them by herself. Everywhere we go. You know why? Because I can't do it. You know what? And plenty of times we got home, and I'm just been off, and plenty of times we got home, and she said, Sometimes I just wish I didn't even go. I can't hear nothing. I can't keep up with nothing. I, I, I can't even, I don't even know what you preached. Uh, but can I say this? I sure am glad for somebody had to wrestle youngins and go through all that. And I know it must be hard sometimes, but I won't tell her publicly, thank you for doing it when I can't be there. Thank you for doing it when I can't help. I know it gets old. Hey, somebody, I'm not trying to say don't talk to me. Don't get, don't, just listen. But can I say this? I couldn't do what I did without her. Right. 
Every Sunday, somebody wants to talk to me. Every Sunday, whether it's serious or not serious, whatever the case may be. And John, there's never been one time I've gotten in the car and she said, what was so important, you kept me waiting. You know what she does? She'll wrestle them boys and she'll sit back there she'll sit in the car. And when I get there, she'll say, where do you want to go eat? And there's never been one word come out of her mouth. She's never one time fussed because she knows that I can't pay attention to you and me or pastor and watching boys at the same time. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying, that's a great work this morning. God uses her to help me to be a pastor yeah. to you. That's a good work this morning. Yeah. Yeah, right? May not be the credit. In fact, it may be a better work than what I'm doing. Because uh, there's no credit. There's no reward. Uh, hardly anybody notices. I'm just being honest. Uh, I'm kind of stop say this. There's a God in heaven. Uh, I've just got a record book for every single time. Uh, Amen. There's some of this morning you said, Preacher, God couldn't do that with me. Well, I tell you what he might do. There's some of them in here this morning that I know just as good as I know I just sucked in a breath. That I know spent all week praying for this service. And it's just as important, if not more so, than the 30, 45 minutes or hour that I stood up and preached. And that's a great work this morning that God's letting somebody do. Isn't that right? Might be this morning. You said, Preacher. What else could he do? Might be some of you young ladies and he might not let you. He might not let you this morning pastor a church. He might not let you preach. I'll tell you what he might do. He might, he might not call you to preach, but he might just call you to himself. He might just, God help. He might just say, just love me. Just serve me. Just be mine and let me be yours. God, help, it might be untelling what God do in your life. You just quit restricting it. Why in the world this morning? I'm just, I could say so much more. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to say this. This morning I want to ask you as we stand to our feet.